Well, my tomato plant is basically a toddler now. Wow. I started to give them fish fertilizer. Oh. Oh. You fertilize fish? No, like... They they basically blend fish. (laughs) They just blend them. They blend fish? Yeah, and so it's like a smoothie of fish parts. Yum. (laughs) My new weight it's really it's and gray. your toddler tomato likes to drink that? Yeah, <laughs> loves it. Ugh. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Faith to Go podcast, your on-the-go resource for all the things you need to have faith discussions at home throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine. I'm the Director of Outreach and Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister here at St. Paul's. And I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the digital resource curator here at St. Paul's. Jackie, what's happening in Japan? Um, snow and spring is never coming. <laughs> Don't abandon hope. That sounds similar to last week. <laughs> right. They've actually just put out the cherry blossom prediction schedule. So it is starting to feel a little bit like spring might come, mm-hmm. but um, cherry blossom prediction schedule. So you have some so fun. I know. Sounds yeah, cherry. You know, cherry blossoms are a big deal in Japan. It's very important mm-hmm. to start out the spring with them. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're not like like how here in DC or in America we only have them in DC. Like you have them all over. Exactly. We have them all over, and they start blooming actually in mid-March in southern, southern Japan. And then it takes about five weeks for it to come all the way up in their bloom. That's so fun. Okay, so we are entering into week three of Lent. So this podcast is coming out um, March 4th, and that'll be Lent 3 in year B. And we are departing... The, this week from the Gospel of Mark and getting a glimpse into the Gospel of John. As we said a few weeks ago when we were talking about the lectionary, it's the three-year cycle of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then John is kind of sprinkled in there throughout all of the different years. <clears throat> so we've got this uh, story from John that we're going to base our discussion on today. And just like every week, all of the Faith to Go resources on the website, stpaulcathedral.org slash faith to go are based on the gospel reading. So Maya is going to read the gospel uh, for this Sunday, which is John 2, verses 13 through 22. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remember what it was that it is written. Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show, show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. And they believe the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Awesome. So, um, just a quick note about, just to set some context for this. This is in John chapter 2. So this is pretty early on in John's gospel. 
Um, so pretty much Jesus is – this is like Jesus bursting onto the scene a little bit. Well, yeah, because right before that, that's why I was confused. It was the wedding at Cana, yeah. so that was his first miracle. Yeah, so it's like Jesus comes – the gospel starts – uh, with in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So John has his prologue and then Jesus calls his disciples and then there's the wedding at Cana where he turns the water into wine. And then this, like this Boom. is like the third thing he does. <laughs> so this guy, Jesus, for all we know, he turns water into wine, dope. Right. And then he's also just really angry and drives <laughs> cattle out of the temple with a whip. Right. And it said both cattle and sheep. And I'm like, so was it only cattle and sheep? Because he said both cattle and sheep. Yeah, I think I think often when we think we don't like Jesus with the cord because it makes it, some translations make it sound like he's driving the people out of the temple with the cord. Yeah. But it says pretty clearly he used the cord to drive out the animals. Right, and well, he was just pouring out their money and flipping yeah, their tables. and poured out the money, and he, but he didn't actually hurt anybody. No, he's still a pacifist. <laughs> <laughs> I, thank you. As it comes yes. to people. Uh, okay, so. Poor cow. <laughs> let's get into it. So, Jackie, what is the thing that you would like to highlight for people to have conversations uh, about this so week? Mine is starting out with why there was this marketplace taking place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's he's coming to Jerusalem and it's a festival season and so everyone needs to go to the temple. And I think it's important to note that a lot of this stuff was very normal. It was a normal stop before you went to the temple. You had to take your pagan change and exchange it for, um, you know, your, your temple tax that you were going to pay and you had to have the best animal for your sacrifice. And so that's what's taking place in, in this area, in this marketplace. You have people preparing, uh, for the temple. And, and I think that's important to note because I think it would have been shocking to it would have been shocking to see this happen mm-hmm. the people in this room are feeling like they're doing their due diligence to go to temple um they definitely don't feel like they're in the wrong and i think it calls attention to like the underlying corruption that can exist that we as like everyday people might not be seen but we are called to pay attention and to look for where those injustices might be Mm -hmm. taking place. Yeah. It's like, it's like, um, I've been, I've been, um, leading this baptism and confirmation preparation class for adults on Mm -hmm. Wednesday nights. And we were talking about church history last week and about the Protestant reformation with Luther. And one thing I said was Luther wasn't, Luther wasn't setting out to create, the Lutheran denomination. That wasn't Luther's point. Luther's point was to point out the ways he felt the Catholic Church had lost sight of its intention and had kind of Mm. deviated from its course. And indulgences were a huge part of that, of like the selling of indulgences and and like sell and the church, you being able to like buy salvation for people. Right. A coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs or something. Yeah. And and so that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back for Luther. That was like a big flashpoint, I think in the, in the cat as like a catalyst for the, the reformation. And that is a great example of like a, that it had gone 1500 years 
And that had just mm. kind of developed as mm-hmm. a thing that the Catholic Church did. And it took this guy saying, this is crazy. But everyone just kind of took it for granted. Not and yet, this is a, I, I think this is a similar situation, what you just described. Yeah, is like true. this had become the custom. And then it took Jesus coming along and making this huge scene and saying, why are we doing this? This is crazy. We've totally lost our way, you know? And it, it's something that it's not like one day the temple was perfectly fine. The next day there were money changers in there. It's like this right. this way of thinking about the temple that had kind of deviated from its original purpose of a way of finding God and you having a connection with God yeah. became this deviated into this place of making money and money changing. And and uh, and Jesus was was making a scene in order to point out how absurd this has all, had all gotten kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think that notion of like people not, not recognizing it, you know, because things change so slowly Mm -hmm. that you're not able to take note until it's way too far gone. Uh, and, and I feel like a lot of current events in our world are like that right now. Yeah. Um, and you know the environment's the easy one. Uh, we you know we we thought that I'm, that you know we might be doing okay. We might be doing okay. We're doing little things here and there, and then you know we see these landfills and we see this garbage patch that that is in the middle of the ocean and mm-hmm. and these things that we don't realize because we thought we were doing okay or that it was happening before i was born and you were born and yes that's just how it's been it's like oh the ice cups are melting melting try to recycle right or just the way that things evolve from an original intention to something totally different because we're in such Mm -hmm. a different context like all the all the conversations right now around guns and the second amendment you think about what the second amendment was the second amendment was in there so people could defend themselves against like foreign invaders and British soldiers. Right. And it was like a totally different And also back world. then dueling was a thing. Right. Like that was that was literally how Alexander Hamilton died. Yeah. And so And it's be- <laughs> it's become like this thing in and of itself as a good, but like what is the point of it? Now. And it's and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that it's it's so black and white that it's either everyone should have guns or no one should have guns. But the the point is that things keep happening that make us say to ourselves, what why why? Yes. Why do we do this? Right. What is the point of this? Or there was a point at one point, and now there's no yeah. point anymore. But it, I th- that kind of leads me to me what I would want to highlight from this story is I, I like the way that Jesus is modeling anger in this right. story. Holy anger. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus, if we take it seriously that Jesus is modeling a way of life for us to follow as an example— Jesus is modeling the fact that anger isn't a sin. Anger is not a bad thing. Resentment is a painful thing, but that's different than anger. Being mean to someone is a painful thing. That's different than this kind of anger. Just being angry and cranky and hurting people is not what Jesus is here to do. Jesus is showing what, it, what anger looks like that comes from a holy place, that comes mm-hmm. from a place of seeing injustice in the world and knowing that the way to go about it is to draw attention to it. Right. And, and this is the way that it needs to happen. It's that feeling inside mm-hmm. of like knowing, 
recognize it comes from a place of recognizing the dignity and beauty of all the people all human people and all of creation and just yearning and wanting so badly for things to be the way that god wants them to be kind of Mm -hmm. kind of like a betrayal to like like you're doing it wrong like this is you're doing this when you're supposed to be doing this and i think it's like i feel like he's also hurt in a way yeah well yeah because it's not an anger that's devoid of compassion for the people there no, right. you know, he's like there's something better than this. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, you don't have to do this. Right. He's not so much. Right. He's angry at the injustice of the system, not at the people that are involved right. in it. I just wrote a big you paper know? about that. Well, and, and I feel like it's it's similar to sometimes the anger you can experience from your parents. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that they're angry at you; it's that they're disappointed because they know your potential. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm and that's. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. And and I think that I think that's here. Yeah. Um you know like we we were given this life and we were given this opportunity to be the light of Christ in the world and we get distracted. Yeah. Um and so how do we without modern day Jesus coming and flipping over tables mm-hmm. how are we able to see those moments now? Yeah. Well, and- I oh, go ahead. And think of Jesus' position here as, as we like witness to the incarnation and understand Jesus as fully connected to God and fully connected to humanity. For Jesus to fully know God and fully know humans and, and look and see the disconnect and how painful that must have been for him to walk around mm-hmm. and just see how much mm-hmm. things are messed up, things, how, much, mm-hmm. how far things have deviated from that that like one-on-one relationship between God and and individual people. Mm-hmm. You know? I think um so kind of to lead into a little bit what I was going to touch on is that so Paul writes like later about how the church is like is like we're like the human family is like one body and the and you know the children of God being like one body. And so I can't say as and that we all have different functions, right? And so I can't say as a hand that I don't need my eye. And, you know, I can't say I don't need you. I can do this by myself. And I and I find that sim- similar metaphor, I mean, quite plainly in the story when Jesus equates the temple to his body. Mm. And, and so, like, there are parts of the temple that are messed up. And so he's mad about that. And so he's going to try to fix that. But we're not going to throw the whole thing out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to just mm-hmm. reject everyone here and this whole building this well even though he said destroy it that was a different metaphor but there's still good here i just need to get rid of this one part of my body it's like the death that the transformation happens in the death and resurrection of the it's like the death and resurrection if the temple if jesus is in the temple and the temple in this story is representing an unjust system or a system that is deviated from its intention Mm -hmm. And Jesus is taking that on. Just as Jesus his, died and right. came, so can certain horrible parts die with that. Right. That there is there is hope for the system. Yeah. Because the system is made up of people. And Jesus is representing we as a we make up all the people make up the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so if the body of Christ dies, it is gonna be resurrected. Right. So or like even like disease, these, right? Yeah. Like like, if there's an issue, it's, like, attacking the problem and, like, the systemic part of it and saying, like, this isn't you. This is with either with a person or society. Like, this isn't who we really are. This is the sick us. Hmm. 
And I, like you said, like it wasn't his intention to create a whole new thing. Other people did that. Yeah. Like he was just trying to make the body in which he operated of Judaism and the temple better. But. Yeah. And the thing is that the thing also is that this temple was ultimately destroyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it wasn't rebuilt. Yeah. Because he left or something. It's almost like the 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 temple was destroyed. And, but it's not that, like, Judaism was destroyed with it. Mm-mm. It's like the temple was destroyed. This center, this way of, like, being Jewish for so long was destroyed. But Judaism kept going and changed and evolved and became something different. Right. There was, like, a death and resurrection of the temple. It just wasn't a new temple. Just like Jesus' death and resurrection wasn't Jesus. Jesus didn't look the exact same no, she didn't after the resurrection, him, yeah. right? It's like a, it takes on a new form, a transformed is, form. Yeah, the risen Savior versus right. our friend Jesus, you know. Yeah. When you talk about transformation, it might, like, that's what it is. It's transformation. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same place in the same time in the same way. Mm-hmm. It's just mm. different. Yeah. And that's the thing to me about these these big, the, the, about how we approach injustices in a system. That it's not that one side has it right and one side has it wrong, but in some way the whole thing has to die and be reborn all together. It's like just, there's yeah. like a third way that neither side has. I, I think it. I think uh, I don't. I don't think it's so much like a sickness, but that we all have in our hum- somehow built in, into our humanity is this illusion that we are separate from one another and that we have all the right answers. Yeah. And it's just mm. not I mean, true. That's the sickness. Yeah, right. No one no one has all the right answers. Right, because the people but doing as the, the thing at the money lenders were thinking they're doing yeah. the right thing. Right. Like they didn't think that what they were doing was wrong. As the body of Christ, right. at, like all of us together have the right answer, but we had, that requires like conversation right. and dialogue. <laughs> Our and nervous system. Talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um let's let's see. The three things if we were going to list them as three individual things, I think it would be Jackie's was, is about paying attention to things that we take for granted, but are really, you know, part of, of a way that we've lost the original intention of Mm. our actions. And that's true both in society, but also in our own lives, Right. things that we just do automatically and, and don't even think about. And that's part of the a Lenten practice is to become aware of those things in our lives that might be hurting us or that kind of have deviated from our original intention for them. Mm-hmm. The, the second one is about anger and, and the place it does have in our spiritual lives of recognizing injustice and pushing back against it in very real and clear ways. And talking to kids of, you know, anger is like a huge thing. It's such a... Uh, a significant emotion and, and that you get angry at your kids. Yeah. And having and conversations, saying, I don't hate you. Like I'm not right. mad, you know, that, that I'm not right. mad. I'm disappointed. But even talking to them about their own anger and what that's right. like and the difference between just being mean to somebody, recognizing why we're being mean and actually seeing something, an injustice and pushing back against it. Right. Or being frustrated or mm-hmm. feeling like something's yeah. unfair. Yeah. And then the third one is, is taking both of those things together what would it look like for those injustices, both in our own lives or in the lives of the world, to die, but knowing that there is some new form of them that could take shape as resurrected, that like we can 
there is hope for resurrection of systems and of our Resurrection ourselves. and unification. Yeah. So, having had that discussion, Maya's going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new uh, in this second reading of the gospel. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told, he told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remember what it, that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking of the temple of the body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Okay. So we hope you have uh, great conversations this week, uh, keeping those few things that we highlighted in mind. Uh, We'll be back in your feed next week, next Sunday, um, March 11th. And make sure to check out all of the Faith to Go resources at www.stpaulcathedral.org. Make sure to rate and review the podcast. Send it to your friends. Let people know about it. And you can sign up for our weekly email with all of the resources in it, uh, also at uh, www.stpaulcathedral.org. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and thanks, Maya and Jackie. Thanks, Jackie and David. Thanks, David and Maya. Wow. Wow. Thanks, everyone, and thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye.